This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, we just had our second Sunday in a row here at North Valley where we didn't have anyone here at the building except for myself. And I streamed the worship service where uh, I just did the lesson. And I'm doing it from behind my desk. I uh, originally was going to do it at the podium. And I've noticed a lot of folks do that. I thought, well, that will give people a, a sense of worship. But uh, it was a, a lot of work putting all that together and then taking it down each time. So I thought, I'm, I'm just going to do it from my desk. And it's uh, worked out okay, I think. I've had some good responses. and I'm, It's not ideal. sure, uh, Definitely not ideal. But it's working. And we're always thankful to the Lord for the technology and all the blessings that we have that enables us to be able to ha- have this. And So if you're listening and you don't have a way to worship on Sunday morning and you're looking for it, um, please take a look at our front page of our website, www.nvcoc.net. That stands for the North Valley Church of Christ, nvcoc.net. Right on the front page, it has the, the warning, you know, we got the building closed, and below that we got the live stream. It's always up there, not always running, but it's there. And every Sunday morning at 10.30, well, it starts at 10 o'clock. I'll have announcements with uh, songs in the background. And then at 10.30, it opens up with a, a prayer, uh, four, about four songs, and then I'll have my lesson, a couple of songs. And then I do a song for the Lord's Supper for those who are taking it at, at home. Well, for all of us that are taking it at home, we should be, as we remember the death of our Savior on that cross. And so if you're looking for that, please take a look at that. Uh, uh, I leave once the... The live streams are done. I'll leave it up there for you, and you can take a look at that, and that's a, that's a good thing, I think. It's a good thing. Well, coronavirus, right? Well, you're probably hearing about it about that everywhere. The lesson I gave Sunday morning, I'm going to give that here, is uh, why do we need a shepherd? And I, I like it. Um, quite a bit of this I, I heard from other preachers here and there, and I thought it was good, a lot of good words that they said. And I've always said that, you know, I'm not a great preacher, but I do stand on the shoulders of other great preachers who, who have great thoughts from the Word of God, and they can articulate it well, and I borrow those things, and and so I'm, I've compiled it into this, and I hope it's helpful and useful for you. I know some of you out there might be uh, from the, the congregation here in North Valley and heard it, but I know a lot of folks listen here who don't, so I think and I hope that this will be encouraging for you. It's out of John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16, where Jesus says, uh, I am the true shepherd. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this story from uh, it's from a while back from Turkey, the country of Turkey, where a flock of sheep made the news. And it seems that the shepherds of the flock, you know, they were eating their breakfast and the sheep began to wander off. No, ordinarily, not a big deal, not a problem. Except they were not that far from a cliff. And one of the sheep, for some, some reason, who knows, one of the sheep just jumped off that cliff. 1,500 more sheep followed it. 400 of that flock 
fell 45 feet to their deaths. The other 1,100 survived only because the dead sheep broke their fall. But many which were uh, that were, were seriously injured. And so the cost to the local farmers, they, they estimated it was about $74,000. And so here in John 10, verses 12 and 13, we read, he, what Jesus says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Man, that's true. The flock really isn't theirs, right? So not as watchful as they might be to dangers. And that seems to have been what happened to that on that fateful day in Turkey. The hired shepherds allowed their sheep to get too close to a ravine, and the result was devastating. By contrast, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He cares enough for his sheep that, to even die for them because they belong to him. Back in the Old Testament, there was that shepherd boy, David, right, who took uh, on the giant named Goliath. King Saul was skeptical about how this would turn out, so he questioned whether David had it in him to do this. And David replied there in 1 Samuel 17, But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. A hired hand would not have bothered with that. But these sheep belonged to David's family. They were precious to him. David was willing to even face death to protect these sheep. And that's what Jesus is saying here. The sheep are precious to him. And he was willing to die to protect them. A, a great passage in the Bible, Matthew 9, 36, when Jesus says, or where it says about Jesus, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And throughout the Bible, God calls his people sheep. Psalm 100, verse 3 Know that, uh, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Why? Why are we called sheep? One fellow wrote this about it. Couldn't God have thought of something better to describe us than sheep? All of God's animals, the sheep, uh, is the least able to take care of himself. Sheep are, well, they're dumb. Uh, have you ever met a sheep trainer? Or have you seen sheep do tricks? Have you, have you ever known a sheep who could be taught to roll over or, or witness a circus sideshow that features something like a Mazadon in his jumping sheep? No. Sheep are too dumb and defenseless. No fangs or claws. They can't bite or outrun you. And so a lot of men tend to scoff at becoming Christians. They don't like the idea of following Jesus as their shepherd. They believe 
that they can survive just as well on their own. Thank you very much, right? There was a fella, another preacher, he had a, a conversation with a young man who said he wanted to get baptized. So this guy, this preacher, you know, he had his standard questions, and he asked him if he believed that Jesus was a Christ, son of the living God. He, he, he replied, yes, a young man. Then he asked uh, uh, if he realized he was a sinner and needed the blood of Jesus to cleanse him. Again, young man said yes. And then he pointed out that Romans says that we need to confess Jesus as Lord. And he explained what that meant. Jesus now being the master of his life, he would own him and everything he possessed. He would own it, and he would have to do whatever Jesus asked him to do. And asked if he was willing to make that commitment. The young man paused and said, you know, maybe I need to study this out a little more. Well, so far, the young man has not been baptized. He didn't mind, it it seems, I'm speculating here, but he didn't mind nodding an acquaintance with Jesus. He he, he didn't mind uh, the idea uh, of uh, giving himself over to Jesus, having his sins forgiven. But he did mind the idea that Jesus would own him. It seems to me that he thought if he let Jesus guide him, if he let Jesus be his shepherd, that somehow he would be less of a man, perhaps. Or he just didn't want to lose that authority over himself. He didn't want to get off the throne. There's a great, uh, one of the great kings and military leaders of the Old Testament wrote these words in Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God describes us as sheep because, well, we function best when he leads us, right? When he is the shepherd. Left to ourselves, we tend to be proud, uh, manipulative, selfish, a lot of drama in our lives. I mean, all you have to do is watch how some are behaving in the virus crisis. Go to the grocery store. You see the shelves emptied of bread, milk. I, the other day, I went to Fry's Grocery. All I wanted to get was vitamin C. Walmart was out. Amazon, you know, they were charging a ridiculous amount of money. CVS wanted 40 bucks for one bottle. So I thought, well, Jenny said that she looked on the app and Fry's had some. So I drove up there gone. All the other vitamins were there, but no vitamin C. Every one of them gone. We've always taken vitamin C in our house. Always. And now that there's a, we have a cold going around, I thought, man, we really need to make sure we have vitamin C. Can't get it. <laughs> Ridiculous. And so people are just buying up all the bread, buying up all the milk and the meat, buying up all the toilet paper. Come on. Eh. As if uh, it doesn't trouble them uh, that they don't uh, that others won't have these things, they hoard those things for themselves. They think they deserve it. Now they may not not be thinking in their mind that way, but that's what they're doing. 
They think that they deserve it more than others. And so these folks are proud, manipulative, and selfish. I'm not hoarding anything. Uh, just today, I had a friend. He was at Costco. asked if I need anything from Costco. I said, well, you know, we could use wet wipes because I have a baby. We need white wipes and diapers. Well, no white wipes. And they said, well, they have diapers, and they're only allowing two boxes. Well, I don't need two boxes. I just need one. So I took one box. We don't need two. When we need another box, we'll get it. Because it's not going to be the end of the world tomorrow. And if it is, it won't matter if I have diapers or not, will it? And even if I don't, we'll survive. But it would be nice if they were there. But no, some folks are hoarding these things. Unbelievable. If you get right to the core of things, all of us, you, me, we all struggle with the feelings of pride, selfishness. Uh, We indulge in manipulating others on occasion. That's why we need Jesus to be our shepherd. He leads us so that we change, so we become true men and true women of God. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and he lays down his life for the sheep. He had all the power, didn't he, of the universe at his disposal? And yet he was willing to die for you and me. And if we follow Jesus and if we allow him to be our shepherd, he will teach us how to think and how to act the way he does. Matthew 20, verses 26 and 28 says, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. When we follow Jesus the way that we should, we become a servant of others, just like he was for us. But we'll never be what God designed us to be until Jesus is our shepherd. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. Let me take a quick drink real quick. All right, sorry. But why, why should Jesus do this? Why... Should he want to be our shepherd? Well, he wants to to do that because he cares for us. We, you and I, we matter to him. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, and I am for, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He's going to give us rest. That's from Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Don't you, isn't that what we want? We want rest. We want to be done with, with all this. Yeah. This almost echoes the words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He gives me rest. Now, this is particularly important for us right now because, well, we're living in troubled trouble time. We're under this quarantine. We're shut off from family and friends. Many of us, the threat to our jobs uh, uh, makes it makes us scared. And we're threatened by a virus we don't understand. Tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands have been infected. Many have died. These are real issues for a lot, all of us. It's like we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There was an online discussion that I saw another person have with a young woman. She wrote this on Facebook. All these people who die from the COVID-19 
It makes me scared. Here's a response I saw from a preacher, Jeff. He wrote these words, quote, First, any death is a tragedy. But as viruses go, deaths from this one in the U.S. have not been as overwhelming as those of other illnesses. That may change. But for now, that is true for us. Second, as children of God, we have an advantage that others do not. God said he'd never leave us or forsake us. In the midst of danger, he will always be there. Yes, you or I might die from this illness. But we're all going to die one day of something. As one person once said, no one gets out of this life alive. But as Christians, we have a promise from Jesus. Death has no power over us. When we die in this world, we move on to a more beautiful and exciting world than this one could ever be. It's not really a tragedy for us. It's a promotion to life eternal. Right? I like that. That's why I put it in here. I like what he said there. That's true. And that's why the words of the 23rd Psalm are powerful. I like the way the King James puts it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 13.5 said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is always with me. He'll never leave me. Now, next time, I don't know who made this, but I like this one too. The Oriental Shepherd was always ahead of his sheep. He was uh, down in front. Uh, Any attack upon the sheep had to take him into account. But now, Jesus is our shepherd, and he is down in front. If you will, he is our tomorrows. Whatever struggles we face tomorrow, Jesus is already there. And that's the way we need to view Jesus, as our good shepherd. He's always out in front. He's always in our tomorrows. And on top of that, Jesus leads us to be there for others. At times like this, you and I need to find ways of showing Jesus to others. Jesus said in Matthew 5.16, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In this time of struggles, in struggles like these, we can make a difference. Maybe write letters to folks in nursing homes. I saw a picture of young children at these nursing homes. There's a barrier of glass, you know, those windows. And they had put painter's tape up on the window in the shape of a tic-tac-toe board. And they were playing tic-tac-toe with the old folks. That's great. They they can't, I mean, that's got to be scary for them. Because what can they do? If the virus gets inside their little community, inside that home, we saw what happened in Washington State. It's devastating. But we can write letters for them. Give them a call. Give your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ a call. Encourage them. Pray for them. And call non-Christians you know. Ask if there's anything they need, anything you could pray for. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Back in those days, that's not how people thought 
about sheep. Unless you own the sheep, the sheep were not worth dying for. They were farm animals. You kept them for their wool and for their meat and for sacrifice, right? All throughout the Old Testament, repeatedly, sheep and their lambs were offered as sacrifices for sin. In uh, Exodus chapter 29, 38 to 39, Matthew Henry's commentary on this passage says this, Every day of sacrifice began with uh, the offering of a lamb. And every day of sacrifice ended with the death of another lamb. The first lamb was offered at nine in the morning. The last lamb was sacrificed at three in the afternoon. That's interesting, isn't it? Because when Jesus was crucified, he was placed on the cross at 9 a.m. When the first lamb was offered. And guess what time he died? Six hours later. 3 p.m. for the math out there. The time when the last lamb of the day was sacrificed. Isaiah prophesied that he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter. And a sheep that is silent before its shearers. So he did not open his mouth. Isaiah 53, 7. He's the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for the sheep. But like I said, sheep were not considered worth dying for. But Jesus died for us, even though, and to be honest with ourselves, we're not worth dying for, are we? Someone once noted, in the Old Testament, sheep died for the shepherd. But when Jesus came, the good shepherd died for the sheep. I want to close out with this thought. Several times in his ministry, Jesus talked about sheep and their shepherd. And one day, when the Pharisees mocked Jesus, spending time with sinners, he told them this parable in Luke 15, verses 4 through 6. Jesus said, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and goes after the one which is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. That shepherd left the 99 safe sheep to find the one that had been lost. And once again, here, Jesus was referring to himself as the shepherd. He was going to leave the 99 to find the one that was lost. That's why he spent his time with the tax collectors and the sinners. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10 So here's the deal. If you'd been the only person on earth, if you were the one lost sheep, Jesus would have died for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, or where you've been, or how you've lived your life. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he laid down his life for you. So what are you doing about it? What are you doing? 
Do you understand what it means? Let him be the shepherd of your life, the master of your life. Look at life around you. Don't you want to be near still waters and green pastures right now? I do. And guess what? I am. I don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough trouble of its own. And I know that no matter how today turns out, he is with me. And he has prepared a home for me. All I must do is keep on keeping on for the Lord, the good shepherd. I hope that's encouraging for you. And I hope that you can join us. We're going to be doing a Bible study, a live streaming of Bible study Wednesday night uh, here on, on our website, mvcoc.net. Uh, it'll be at 7 in the evening. I, I'm also wanting to do a nightly devos or, or encouraging posts as well. I was going to start that Sunday and today and uh, Monday, but my family got sick. I've been sick. I can feel it getting worse, and hopefully I can get to it today. I don't know. We'll see. I've been taking care of my wife and kids. Um, they're not do- uh, She's not doing great, um, so we'll keep her in our prayers. But a lot of folks aren't doing great, are they? We want to pray for everybody. And so let's be a, pr- a nation of prayer. The effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let's remember that. We may not be Elijah and that we can do miracles, but we can pray like he, because he was a man with a nature like ours. We can pray. It's a great tool that the Lord has given us. Let us turn to the Lord, and he will bless us. Thank you again. May the Lord be with you. Be safe. Listen to your leader, our leaders, uh, the governor and the, the president. Uh, do what we can to bring this to an end so that life, Lord willing, will go back to the way it was. Only I pray that it will go in a way where God sits on the throne and not us. Take care. Bring the message out. Send it up to sweep away till Shaddam the better day. Bring it out, bring it out, bring it out, till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out, bring it out, bring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.